This show is a Patreon-funded show. We don't uh, we don't have like ads or anything other than this thing of us telling you that we have a Patreon. <laughs> um, but the main reason that it's a Patreon-funded show is that we can get money. Isn't that right, Jake? I mean, the main reason we do many things. No, that's not true. The main reason we try to do many things is to get money. Uh, you can you can pay us money for this show, patreon.com slash less than Jason. Hey, while you're there paying us money to do this show, you also get extra shows. $9 tier gets you an extra show every week called Jays of Our Lives where we go through and we look back at some of the Blue Jays that have stood out throughout our uh, baseball watching lives and even some that haven't, guys like uh, Colby Rasmus, guys like Russ Adams, guys like Casey Jansen, Brett Cecil, uh, you name it. You can even have a say if you join in the $9 tier in the Jays of Our Lives tier. We have a ton of fun doing that every week. There's all kinds of extra stuff, mailbag episodes, uh, an extended version of this episode that you're hearing on our main feed. We usually get 15, 20 more minutes to our Patreon subscribers. You can also get just the extended show, the extra long show, the extra 20 minutes or so. At the $5 tier, you also get the shows right after we record them uh, the day after. Or you can give us 3 bucks, which as we said... All we want is money, so really, the $3 tier is nothing for you, and we don't have to do any more work. That works for us just fine. Or you can get the extra stuff in the $9 tier. Either way, patreon.com slash less than Jays. Yes, indeed. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us. It is less than Jays for another week. Good news edition. It's good baseball, Jake. The, team, the Jays want, uh, doing the thing we told them to do and winning a bunch of games by scoring a bunch of runs. How about that for simple and easy playing stuff? All I can say is that it is finally happening. And that the real team and the real season has begun. As we knew it would when they As started we knew, playing We knew teams. it would. A bunch. Listen, I'll say this, Jake. Frankly, if you, I'll, I'll do this. A bunch of the things we said would happen are happening. And what I like, our friend James on Twitter pointed out, we were, we've been A plus bang on. We were bang on about Guriel. Somebody else remembered something we said on this show and posted it online in a positive way. That is a miracle to me. Well, you know, we can't be lot- expected to keep track of all the things we get right. No, it'll, that's the thing. In a lot of ways, yes, it is a miracle that somebody remembered something we said in a positive light. On the other hand, we are very good at this, and we're very smart. Uh, Danny Jansen for all-star catcher? It, it's, yep. everyone, everyone's got that on their lips. Uh, come on. That was, that, that was before, we, before we even oh, – the games were on television. I was saying Danny Jansen's the best catcher in the American League. We have obviously long been uh, Santiago, Santiago Espinal supporters. And now he, Since he's before hitting. the start. Since the since the inner squad games, before the twenty twenty shortened season, since the since the uh, the, the forty man roster crunch when it was between him and uh, Bravik Valera, we've, we've been on this. We've been at this. We famously uh, agreed with uh, the internet that maybe he should be hitting leadoff. We <laughs> famously said that was a good idea, and lo and behold, lo and behold, this week Santiago Espinal leading off for the Blue Jays. 
Yeah, uh, and rightfully so. In my face, in my face. He's since that moment, he's taken it like personally to uh, deserve to be at the top of the lineup and and performing duly every day. He comes in and gets it done. This isn't the first time you've motivated a professional athlete to be uh, extremely good. You did this with Kyle Lowry as well, I believe. (laughs) Oh my goodness! All I can take from this is I I assume the millionaire professional athletes are listening to our show and it's bulletin board material it's bulletin yeah. board material yeah and sometimes they get a little complacent because we're so positive all the time you're welcome toronto bound to happen you're welcome um, for them. anyway yeah a, a good week there are you know what i like about the good week in a different way than the bad week first of all is that they're winning games i like that a lot but the uh, yeah. the other obvious stuff is like We've talked a lot, and we are obviously transaction coveters. We like we like our transactions. Um, we're sort of it, it now is like narrowed down, and the season is a long long enough. We're basically into June here. Obviously, May thirtieth when we record this, May thirty first when it comes out everywhere but Patreon, uh, and going to be June first on Wednesday somehow some way. Um, we've been talking about you know what are the transactions going to look like. It's starting to look like we have an idea of of what they need. They need a they need a, a good left handed bat. And they're going to need at least one left-handed reliever and maybe another reliever who can get some swing and miss out of the bullpen. Um, it's it's really starting to refine and, and become like the needs and the strengths and weaknesses are what we expected them to be. Yeah, and I think especially when you look at the bullpen, not only is are the strengths and weaknesses of the team becoming apparent, but I think the roles in the bullpen are becoming better defined. Like I think we have now officially moved out of the Julian Merriweather and high leverage conversation. Right. Uh, I think that we've seen that sort of, we, we now know, and this happens every year. Uh, we now know sort of that Phelps and Jimmy and uh, Simber and Romano are sort of your go-to, we need a guy guys, uh, or maybe Ross Stripling playing sort of the everyman role and coming in when we, when he was needed in in the ninth inning the other day on Saturday I believe um and I think the the and like the I think then there's the setup guys and I think it's all sort of falling into place and that then informs exactly what you're saying in the sense of okay here's the holes at not to keep picking on him because I it's tough and I know he's had not the easiest go of things uh on the mound but I think that we're now seeing just like last year when you had your uh, Tyler Chatwoods and your Rafael Delises, uh, and it was like, oh, okay, we need some guys to replace those guys. And they went out and got Simber and Richards. This year, I think you're looking at that similarly with Merriweather and maybe with Baraki. No, and... no maybes here. With, with Baraki. <laughs> yes, okay. With Baraki. And, you're, and I think you're looking at that and going, okay, we have four, five maybe six like solid bullpen arms right now which is nothing to sneeze at especially where they started last year but i would i definitely think there's at least two slots there that they could easily go out and make some additions and make some improvements yeah it's not so much that you know who it is it's, it's at this point you know who it's not you know it's not yeah, Merriweather. you know it's way to put it. not brucky you're pretty sure it's not any of the left-handed bench outfield options. You're, there's nobody there that is so precious that you're not looking to uh, upgrade that position. I think that is sort of the the clarity. You, you've gotten, as you said, the clarity on the 
Simber Garcia, who has had a nice bounce back after after raising some question marks about you know not missing a ton of bats, not getting a lot of strikeouts, has been a lot more effective in the last little go. And uh, Romano, after being um, overused and underused, has sort of settled back into being a guy who takes care of business. And and all that sort of piggybacking on the bigger picture that the middle of this rotation has been quite spectacular. Manoa continues to be just awesome uh, every time out. You, you, you just you circle the dates on the calendars when that guy is pitching uh, Gosman and continues to be a, a, a delight to watch. You're getting Kikuchi who, you know, you're going to get two winnings in every start where you're, you're like, oh, if this goes undone, it's going to go way undone, but has tiptoed through. And then, boy, we haven't even mentioned Barrios, who is obviously going through it a little bit. And, and anything you get from Ryu seems like a bonus. So that is part of what makes it so nice to look at it and say you have to replace Merriweather, who, as you point out, is maybe probably your seventh, sixth or seventh bullpen option, and Baraki, who a little bit bigger of a flag as he's your best lefty at the moment, uh, with Meza out. You know, the starting rotation allows you to do that. It allows you to have that depth because, you know, there's there's the difference between, as we talked before, the taking the jump from... 86 to 90 when, and, and 90 to 96 to 95 uh, is having no holes and having no flaws and having no bad players, and, and they're well on their way to that. I'm happy to have seen the week, uh, especially in Anaheim, obviously, with the sweep against the Angels, to finally get a sweep in the, under the thing and to win sort of every type of game this week. Uh, that certainly is a lot of good trending stuff for my tummy to nibble on. Yeah, I the sort of manic game. Uh, yesterday, Sunday, the final game of that series. A thing that I found myself thinking while watching it, which pleased me uh, based on how this season sort of started, was when they went down, I guess it would have been when they went down 10-9. to 9. It, was, it was frustrating, sure, but I was also kind of in this mindset of like, you know, if they lose this game, I actually don't mind it because at least they're both fighting back and also they scored nine runs. Right. And it was like, if that's what, if that's going to be the losses these days, like so be it. And then they ended up winning and scoring 11 runs. So even better. But I think that, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily a surprise to me and probably either of us that once they had that one or two games of sort of unlocking the offense a little bit, that it would start to sort of show up and flow more naturally. And and also, like, I think, like, they're they're getting a lot of loud, loud outs. Like, For I don't sure. want to... Matt Chapman's been raw. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get into, like, the BABIP or XBA, because I know how... You know how we feel about this that on this show. But at a certain point, if you're hitting the ball that hard and that far, like, it's going to work for you. Yeah, for and, sure. And... You know, I think, I, I like I wouldn't have thought this in the year. You might have, and kudos to you on it. But like, hard not to say that Danny Jansen coming back to the lineup changed a lot of things. Of course, listen, he the, talking about the the depth and length. He's been incredible since the since coming up the IL last year. He's he's yeah. been one of the most valuable hitters. Period. Not just hitting catchers. And you know, this floated around a couple a couple places on the internet today. Some of the people that are paid to tweet about baseball, and we're tweeting about this, is that they've gotten the best offensive production out of the catcher slot of anybody in baseball. Uh, and that, that comes with 
both Jansen and Kirk taking huge strides as defensive players. Like there's there's really not many teams better set up for catcher this season than the Blue Jays have been. And it, it, it's nice to see it pay off as go from a, a strength that we talked about throughout the course of the preseason and throughout the offseason to seeing it in practice. And just what you hope when you have one of those strengths is you stroll into the year and say, like, hey, we have the best catching tandem in baseball. And they've, they've been hitting the piss uh, out of the ball. Um, you talked about think, that offensive explosion. Yeah, and I think also, I think you made this point a couple weeks ago when we were sort of, uh, sort of waiting for the Danny Jansen return that not only is he valuable in the lineup, obviously, but sort of his addition by subscription. Uh, I can't speak tonight. His addition by subtraction that, you know, you bring in Danny Jansen and Tay Oscar Hernandez back in the lineup and I'll probably get bit in the ass for saying it after a weekend, but you bring in Kevin Biggio back into the lineup and all of a sudden, you know, there that means less at-bats for, well, no at-bats for Zach Collins, I guess, yep. but even Tapia and Zimmer, who Tapia has been reasonably okay for what he's asked to do. Uh, and Zimmer is exactly what he is. But the le- the fact that we're not seeing them, you know, four bats every day uh, is, can only be a good thing. And I say that with respect to their contributions. I think for all three of them, uh, that, that holds true where, you know, what you're asking Tapia to do, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think you want to see it six days a week. I don't think, uh, Zimmer is anywhere near a six-day-a-week player, and, and neither has Biggio been for the better part of two seasons. So I think all three of them maybe maybe function better in in not the overexposure. I still think, I mean, I, th- I mean, pretty obvious to agree, that's still a, a major need of upgrade if they can if they can knock one of those guys even further down with a, with a legitimate left field bat. Um, I saw some names sort of bandied around today, Jake. The the main one I'd like to get your thoughts on. Um, what do you think about what do you think about Andrew Benintendi as a as a Blue Jays trade target? Heard that heard that thrown around today uh, on some radio stations. So, my thing, Ben and that, Tendi in this in this economy. <laughs> my thing about Ben Dintender is, uh, from a personal standpoint, uh, I have always hated Andrew Benintendi. Now, are you sure it isn't one of those things where you hate him? Because you love him so much. No, I'm pretty sure it's because he's played for Boston and Kansas City. I understand, but is is it one of those things where like I, I hate that I hate his I hate him and I hate his perfect hair and his his, <laughs> his beautiful eyes and, and the way that it might he doesn't be. Pay, pay attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> it might I mean like look, he was bananas good like four years ago. Yes. His two thousand eighteen in Boston is pretty fantastic he's a five-win player uh, yeah. in 2018 and you know he walks a lot which is something that this team does not do uh looking at it now his strikeout percentage has been dropping every year which for the last four years which is always a positive i'm not against it because he's having such a good year so far uh he's got a you know 142 wrc plus in 46 games, which is nothing to sneeze at. It's only 27. Cool. However, when I think of sort of who I would like the Jays to add, he's not really in the mold that's in my ideal. I, I am more in the Josh Bell, Nelson Cruz world. 
I just want I just want a big meaty bat. I want a big thick bat. That's all I want. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting because Yeah, I, I mean listen, there's I think, there's I plenty think of room I'm also, for I'm also station I, power. Yeah, and I think I'm also much higher on uh Teoscar and Lourdes as everyday outfielders than a lot of people. Which is Perhaps fun. that's part of it. Perhaps that's part of it. Um, look, yeah, a guy I, that I, I other than one I understand dip. not being like I want to see those guys in the outfield every day. I totally get that, but I I don't know. I kind of think I'm kind of fine with them out there as long as another spot in the lineup is a a, a big boy who hits uh, hits baseballs far. Sure, your I guess it's sort of part of the Ben Attendee thing is it gets you off of the. Tapias and, and Zimmers as it goes from even even twice a week to basically breaking like it had to be an emergency for one of those guys to be in the lineup. Whereas uh, Benintendi sort of allows you to, um, I mean, in an ideal world, there's no there's no telling this actually happens, right? It, and and oh, as you say, yeah, there's the sports, there's the article. There you go. On the on the why the Blue Jays should definitely trade for. Oh, it's Passan. I see. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. But Why yeah, I I see your point. I do. I just I don't know. Maybe I'm. I think I'm. I think I've been spoiled by the off season talk of Jose Ramirez and your Freddie Freeman's and whatnot. Jose Ramirez, like, who happens to be the basically the best hitter in the American League, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. You knew it was. You knew it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Being severely underpaid uh, yeah. by his own choice. So, haha. Or but, he has fifty uh, ribs. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I, my brain is like, and I know Josh Bell and Nelskers aren't this, but like, I am so greedy with transactions. I like, my brain has been, I've been scouring the league looking at sort of good players on bad teams. I want like a big name. Right. You're you're saying uh, the Benintendi doesn't work for you because he's he's not Juan Soto. Sort of what you're kind kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they shouldn't. <laughs> Um, pedal to the floor and go get Juan Soto. It's what it's all about. The going to, going to do transactions is about uh, getting the the capital to, to go and get that exact thing. Do do Diamond Dynasty. Do do uh, you know your franchise mode. Go get the go get the absolute cream of the crop if you're going to go get a left-handed right fielder. Absolutely, and like I don't think Juan Soto is being traded to begin with. But if it were, it'd be it'd be nuts. It'd be crazy. <laughs> But on the same team, I do think Josh Bell is, and I think that Josh Bell fits really well on the team. And hey, if you want to tell me that they're going to go get Benintendi and Josh Bell, wonderful. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's it's a possibility. Um, Josh Bell, uh, former, I remember from the Pirates. Josh Bell is a you talk about a big meaty guy. Josh Bell is a big meaty guy, six foot four, two sixty one, currently playing for the Washington Nationals, where he has four home runs, uh, eight ribs. Uh, also a guy, as you said. Um, takes his walks the, the the obp is always uh high above the average the ops plus the op the wrc plus always a high positive guy yeah i'm i'm with you I, i'm with you for um a, a real backup first baseman the whole um you know cycling through lordis who i don't hate there uh bgo you'd, you'd like to have that solved with a guy that that is just like there to mash and play first i'm I, i'm totally with that vibe as well and i agree with you that there's no reason to not get both there's really no reason to to have um, any any bench spots where you're like, eh, if we get anything at all, it's a positive. You, I think if you want to really be aggressive and you really want to push, you have every bench spot as optimized as you possibly can have it. 
Yeah, and I think uh, my if we're I know we're too early here. It's May thirtieth, but maybe we're not too early. Actually, we're so not. It's June. We're, we're, we're getting there. It's time to like June and July is is moving time where it's like, okay, wh- where's the what's the positioning for the we're putting it all together stretch. I'm gonna throw out two trade possibilities for you, uh, both of which I have had thoughts of the last week and a bit. One I know is not going to happen, but that's okay because that's what this discussion is for. <laughs> So the one that's not going to happen, because I, I, it would, I don't see how either team would be okay with it. But the one that's not going to happen is Xander Bogarts. Oh. To the Jays? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> you threw me off there. Play the Marcus Simeon role. Sure. Uh, yeah, 2021 Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon 2022. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I don't see an interdivision trade happening between the Red Sox and Blue Jays, though. Uh, the other one I'm thinking of is more realistic and sort of speaks to some of the struggles I think we haven't gotten to yet, but we're going to today. Um, and that is a trade with the lowly Cincinnati Reds. And it's bringing Etobicoke native Joey Votto home. <laughs> and also maybe Luis Castillo along with him. I mean, sure. Um, I get the feeling that Joey Votto was content to like spend the year looking around and saying goodbye. I don't know. I feel like I feel like he wants to, you know, doesn't it, you only have so many chances to chase that ring, you know? I know, I, and I know. I I I just I don't get the feeling that Joey Votto's vibe this year is I need to win a World Series this year. You know what I mean? Well, then, frankly, he's a coward. <laughs> He should want to play for the Toronto Blue Jays. It seemed I seem more convinced that that he does want to than than I ever have before. Um, Joey is still underwater, uh, pretty heavy this year. But but listen, I'm never going to say no to, to Joey Votto. I'm never going to say no um, to a Topico Zone. And then I like I love my favorite part about this is the is the Luis Castillo as the throw in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just toss in the young, very good pitcher. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just that's always great. It's always like the war chest move is to go get is to go get Votto. Old it's, old broken Joy Votto. Yeah. 30, 40 year old Joy Votto's not the throw in. Luis Castillo is the throw in for you convincing them to give you the last two years of <laughs> On a more serious on a more Votto serious note. My question an actual question for you. Not that bullshit. Sure. Are you concerned? About Jose Barrios. Okay. Speaking of speaking of trades, and sh- not should they be looking to trade Barrios, but should they be looking for another starting pitcher? This is tough because even if you even if you do tr- like trust Barrios, even if you are like you have faith in Barrios, um, you know it wouldn't take more than a week to have your faith in Ryu. Question: It wouldn't take more than a week for have to have your faith in Kikuchi really questioned. Um, so I do think there is an opening here for them to just get another insurance guy. That if you're unsure about anybody, doesn't even have to specifically be Barrios. Uh, that you are, if you're unsure at all about any of these five guys, that you go out and and bolster that and 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 figure it out later in terms of who starts when. And you can say, hey, we're going to do six men, or we're or, or we're going to manage our uh, load down here at the end because we're thinking bigger picture. There is definitely an avenue because again, it doesn't. It one injury to Gosman or Manoa or again a bad week from 
Ryu a bad week from Kikuchi, a bad another bad week from Barrios, who has been concerning, uh, gets you into that like picking up the phone phase. So I, I guess the long way to say this is I am a little bit concerned about Barrios only because you know, and I'm an amateur when I when I look at Statcast when I when I look at, at sort of bigger things at what he's throwing when and and where he's throwing it and why he's throwing it and the and the run values that come off of those things. I'm not a deep dive expert. I don't I don't go too deep into it, but I, I try to look at it. Especially before the season, I was doing my homework on all the players, and he was the one guy where it was like, it not that it was a house of cards or anything, but it wasn't the easy answer for Gosman, where it's like, oh, he overpowers with this great two pitch mix, and it wasn't the, you know, Manoa thing where it's like everything, the, the things all break three different ways and they all come out of the same thing. It's like the, that that big curve slurve thing and the, and the fastball is like not spectacular so when his fastball is not uh being worked off of properly or guys aren't scared of it or off balance on it it gets him into trouble um and it and it, it is sort of confusing and and can look pretty bad he's given up a ton of contact and is not missing a ton of bats this year so the per- peripherals on it do sort of paint a picture of a guy that you would be worried about so uh, the the that's a long way to say yeah sort of I guess I sort of am a little bit worried about him. Yeah, I think I was trying to sort of answer this question to myself yesterday, thinking about it uh, in preparation to ask you. And I think my answer is I'm not. It's not that I'm not worried about him. I think my. I'm so I guess I'm sort of answer I guess answering my own question with another question. It's like can I, I still think Jose Brios is a very good pitcher and very valuable to this team. And I don't think he's falling into suddenly he's bad territory. Right. However sorry, my cat is hungry. Yeah, uh, fired up. However, I do wonder it makes me think about like can a team win a World Series without a bona fide ace? And well, I think, this is, I think yeah. you can argue that Alec Manoa or Kevin Gosman are those guys easily. Right. And I'm here for, I'm here for that conversation. But then I guess the conversation shifts to, are and I know it's like it's not my money, so who cares? Which is also a fair answer to this. But like then it's like, do you want your number three guy making 172 million dollars or whatever he's making? Yeah, it's that's easier to stomach when you're when your number one guy is making the renewable minimum, like Manoa. Would right, be. that's fair. That's a fair uh, point. But then, and but you Manoa's have Gosman at a at a really reasonable number. But Manoa's not always going to be making that money for sure. And and you have you are tied to Barrios for a while, uh, one way or the other. It's yeah, it's, it's a it's a it goes back to the question from the beginning of the year um, about you know people people's main concern about Barrios is that he's that more of a number three than a number one. It's sort of the the big picture his doubters really have for him. And I guess my optimistic answer to that is if you can make him the number three, then you are actually right where, where you need to be. But they are, as you said, they bet big. They believe in him big time. They put the money where the mouth is on him, and, and he is a guy that they have staked um, their claim to, maybe more so even than Gosman. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a fair – I think that that's fair to say, Jake, and I, I think – if another couple weeks of this, I think that'll get a little bit louder. It's just enough where, you know, you get in danger of relitigating how you feel about him every time he comes out and you're sort of praying for a good start every time he comes out and you, you know, if he gives up some hard contact but has a good outing overall, you sort of doesn't, you know, you start, does that count? You get really questionable. Um, 
yeah, you, you don't want to overthink it, but it would be nice of him to come out and, and have, you know, two weeks in a row where he's done even what, what Kikuchi did in May, where you're like, okay, we're, yeah. we're set. We, we, we figured out what we need to do right and what we were doing wrong, and we'll wait for the next adjustment to counter. Yeah, I guess... I guess I worry about a, and I don't, I don't mean this as negatively as it sounds, and I don't to either guy. Uh, but I do worry about. Uh, I'm regretting saying this before I even say it. I worry about an Ra Dickey situation. Where okay. You, where you sort of not obviously different pitchers, different situations entirely, but you sort of bet on these guys being there for you when you absolutely need them, and then it doesn't happen gotcha and that and i and i just think it's i don't think they'll do this but i can see how it would be hard to not look at your hundred almost 200 million dollar guy and be like getting there and then it's bad and just and i'm I'm getting way ahead of myself but it, it just concerns me fair enough uh we'll have you'll have ryu off the books by then and you'll have that's true. A, lot, a lot of maneuvering in between here and I mean, there, I was so. saying even more just this in September. Oh. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. They're, they're, they're tied to this long term, so we will see. Um, anyway, that's sort of a, a nice overarching. We managed to take the best week of the year there and, and fill it with worry, so we did, we did our <laughs> job. No, I, but I think no one wants to hear us just talk, sit here and be like, this. saying just things are great is boring. Right. Let's pick at those scabs. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we come back. Uh, uh, some dad stuff, I think. Uh, Russell Martin stuff. Talk about influencing. Talk about influencing, Jake. Uh, get something to pick on there in a minute. Uh, and uh, the general catch-up around the corner after this. Jake, how how are you holding up? How is your how's your week? How is your headspace? How are you? I'm okay, actually. It was a it was a fine week. Uh, nothing nothing too crazy, but uh, went to our 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 left field bar uh, on the weekend. Uh, don't appear to have gotten COVID this time, which Very is good. always a always a benefit. Uh, saw some friends, ate some pizza in a bar, which is always a joy. Um, I feel like I did. So- oh, I went to a show last week. Went to see a uh, friend's play, one man wow. show. Had some culture. Went to the theater. Um, it's nice out finally. We got more yard work done by uh, the yard dad. That is my wife. Yeah, I got I got all the details oh, about she's that. Mad, she's mad at me because I said we <laughs> for yard work. Now she's holding her bucket of water that is her water bottle and glaring at me. Um, <sighs> But yeah, the front looks great. Um, it does, yeah. I did a lot of really hard work out there. Hey. <laughs> uh, everyone's mad at me now. I know uh, the truth. That's what matters. Yeah, but no, things things are good. Things are all right. I'm uh, I'm feeling uh, feeling okay. I like that it was. It started off with not much, and then you described a very rich week of culture there. You sort of hit. You hit all the trappings. You saw a show. You saw a play. You went to a brewery. You ate pizza. You were outside. Holy! Ch- riding the streetcar, ringing the bell. Yeah, yeah people. Clang, clang, clang goes the trolley, etc. Wow, downtown life. Gee downtown whiz. Downtown living. 
In the city, living ATL. it up. Clicking your heels. Unbelievable. You know how it is. I do. I remember quite well how it is. How how are you? How is how is the boy? So so it was uh, a very challenging mental health week, I would say, is how it was on this end. Um, I want to give a shout out quickly first, as I often do before I do these little life check-in segments. As you noticed, we've done, we put in the sports at the, at the beginning now so that you can get that satiation and we can then be used to talking to each other and sort of get a little deeper. And I hope this uh, comes through. But uh, as I've often said about this show and, and the sort of mini meltdown I had on Two Coffees two weeks ago, talking about this show, especially on the Patreon, where I, I left in a lot more, uh, boy, some deep stuff, some dark stuff. Um, it can be uh, challenging to be a parent. That's obviously a very understatement, but um, it's also challenging to sort of try to be navigating the things that we're doing and, and doing these things that we do for fun and this this podcast that we do for fun. Um, and part of the reason that I continue to do them and part of the reason that no matter what um, we say in the sports thing and, and you know, we, t- we joked a minute ago about how we are influencing sports takes and getting no credit for it sometimes, jokingly. <laughs> Um, the thing without fail that people are messaging me about, and I said this maybe half in just a minute ago as well, but people reach out when they, when they compliment this show, they'd reach out and they DM me and they, they tell me about themselves and we connect in that way. Um, the continued support for people listening to the Zoob as a dad segment and saying that they appreciate, um, some of the things that I'm saying about the challenges I'm going through, uh, they say that's really resonating. So that is, in that spirit, I'm going to attempt to unpack sort of my weekend. If that makes sense to you, Jake? That does, yes. Because, like, I was in a mood to – we talked briefly. We recorded a Jays of Our Lives, and I'm sure the – there was uh, – I don't want to – I don't want to do detachment. Not detachment. There was a real defeat in my voice, I'm sure, when we talked. Yes, I think that's a good adjective for it, yeah. So something that, obviously, um, I was talking about this, in, again, in a DM from a fan of the podcast who said, who reached out and said that they, they have an older kid now, but they are, are brought back to the mental challenge of the six-weekend <laughs> when they hear me talk about it. Uh, and just sort of talking about, I, I remember very distinctly you asking me seven or eight weeks ago if I, if I was ready or if I felt prepared. And I was like, well, I guess, like, you really can't. There's things you can't prepare for. Um, and we were talking about, about, you know, if I could even p- have prepared myself for what I'm currently facing in terms of, um, the, 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 I guess the thing I didn't expect is like, it, you expect to have your patience tested, you expect to have your routines disrupted, you expect to have, um, your, uh, like, you know, um, tolerance for things tested and all that sort of stuff. And that hasn't been an issue for me. What I did not prepare for was the uh, amount that myself would come to the surface of, of the reckoning that I would have to do with my own weaknesses, with my own tendencies, with um, what I do to seek comfort when I am uncomfortable, if you know what I mean. Mm, yes. Okay. The, the where do I disappear to when I'm in a terrible mood? What 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 kind of person do I become when I've had a week where a bunch of stuff didn't go my way? In that sort of thing, right? How do I react? How do I when when situations are foist upon me? Um, 
I was not prepared for that to have such a dramatic reckoning of like, you don't, I don't get to be like, I don't want to do this today. You know what I mean? There is no, that's not on the table. That's not how it works. That's not what I, that's not what I am in for right now. Um, and I'll listen, everybody's told me that this obviously, this, this as with everything that we're going through right now, six weeks is a very difficult time. Um, he is uh, once again bad at sleeping because his life is once again completely changed. He's leveling up again. His his head is exploding. He's uh, oh, his, his head grew again. Oh yeah, every basically every two weeks, his head is going to like absolutely massively jump, and he's starting to get on the cusp of like he's going to have a sleep routine. He's gonna he's gonna have nap times. He's he's really starting to like. Uh, not come alive, but he's sort of getting out of like the absolute newborn drowsy phase and into like a little exploring, growing thing. Um, and it's remarkable and it's incredible and it's incredible to watch, but it also means that like going to sleep and being woken from sleep are really jarring for him. And it's really grating because all you want him to do is stay sleeping and he jars awake. So, um, I guess I wasn't prepared for how much in wanting to help, in wanting to be a part of it. Uh, you know, the other day I was left with my wife went upstairs. I, I took him and I got him to sleep and I was carrying him around. And it was like I didn't trust that I could put him down and he would stay asleep. So I literally just carried him around <laughs> for two and a half hours. I was exhausted. <laughs> um, Great but, you know, doing it though. Yeah, but also – you know, two and a half hours where you were just pacing your house in silence alone with your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that's never good. It that's, really, never good in, that's never good in the best of times. It really brings you into a space that results in how I was feeling Saturday, uh, Sunday when you and I spoke, where I was just like, like, what are we even doing this podcast for? Why do we even, why do I do, like, what am I even doing this for? What What is my goal? Where am I trying to get with this? Um, why do I do wrestling brain? Why do I do anything? Why do, why do, why don't I just go away? It was sort of my, was where I was at. Why don't I just go away? I'll be a dad who lives in Kitchener and I'll be a family guy who has a job and nobody really knows that bigger. And that's a great life and I should be happy. Have you, um, I don't know if you have an answer to this, but have you sort of, I, I know on, on the weekend you were sort of vices aside or coping aside or whatever you want to call it. You were sort of, as you say, questioning why you do things uh, like, like the show or like wrestling brain or whatever. Have you come to any conclusions with that for yourself yet? Or are you still sort of in the weeds with that? I do it because I like, and I, I, I love doing this stuff, and I truly do believe in myself. Um, I believe that I'm good enough at this to make something more of this, and I believe that that's true. I just believe that it is. I, I feel it deep down in part, as part of myself. I believe that I'm good at this, and and it's stupid and selfish in, in a lot of ways. Um but I also like, and again, I've talked about it twice right in this show about like, you know, sometimes we get things right and nobody shouts it out. And that's totally <laughs> fine and funny. But like, <laughs> I believe that I'm, that we're here getting things right and that we are here um, under a veneer. Obviously we get, we get things horribly wrong sometimes and we, and we come off way off sometimes. But I also believe that like 
the show provides something and that it's fun for people and that we, in segments like this, for example, give them that they don't get from other people, that they listen to other shows and like the hosts but don't know them in the way that our fans and the people that like this show know us. And I have a lot of pride in that. Um, and, and as I said, that's what people reach out and talk to me about when they talk about this show. And that means something to me, and I want to continue providing that. So it's tough. But I, uh, I'm i so thankful, and I will say again, um, a huge part of the reason this, this stuff continues and that I find a passion and love in this is the way that people connect with it and the things that people say. And also gratitude. I, that's the other big thing that I keep coming back to is like, uh, a real gratitude for the for the different kind of blessings that I have pursued and the different kinds of things that I've done and the different path that I have chosen. Um, I still believe that the big picture for me, those experiences and this different path and this long road and this different way and sticking to it and, and being as much of myself as I can possibly be and wearing my heart on my sleeve and not being somebody who um, you don't know anything about when you turn the show off, um, that is going to be what is my difference and what is what makes me successful. So that's the part of it that uh, that I hold on to. Yeah, well said. Um, Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you are. Let's put it that way. If you'd asked me this I, yesterday, I'd have been like, yeah, I don't fucking know. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> that, but that's good. I mean, that's fucking... Cassie and I were sort of talking this, not about you, but just sort of in general the other day, about just like, or maybe it was this morning. I don't know, because time's weird. It was this morning. It was literally this morning. But just the, like, constant of uncertainty that is yeah. our generation at all times, except for those who are either lucky enough to be uh, born fortunate or those of us who just work their ass off to accomplish things. Uh, if you're not one of those people, or sometimes even if you are, uh, it's just, it's constant uncertainty, constant sort of questioning, constant, what is today? What am yeah. I doing? And I think that is no fun, but I do think it is quite common. Yeah, I think so too. Anyway, mailbag time. Speaking of things that we do, we got mailbag on the way. We have a uh, voicemail this week, uh, and we have... A bunch of questions on Twitter and all, all kinds of stuff. So lots to get into, lots to talk about, lots to answer after this. All right, Jake, we open things up with the voicemail mailbag. Again, the lowest standards in Blue Jays podcasting. Nobody <laughs> you say nobody will, will, you, will vet you less than we will. You say it, we'll play it. You say it, we'll play it. You dial the phone number 833-714-7774. It's getting on the air. Uh, unless it's like, you know, homophobic, transphobic, uh, anything like that. And then we will never play it. And, and we will use your phone number that we can see. Uh, to get you in trouble if we can. Um, <laughs> all right, first call. Hey guys, it's Chris. Just uh, wanted to know if you think Danny Jansen's going to start in the All Star game, or if he'll just come first off the bench. Thanks. <laughs> so unfortunately, uh, not going to start because of the injury. If he if he were not injured, I think he it's a no doubter. Um, he's your it, it, hilariously enough, Jake. You say what you will, Jake, but. 
if the All-Star game was today, your Jays representatives, you got, you got to go Jansen and Espinal, no? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talked at the beginning of the year uh, sort of picking who we thought, um, the, how many All-Stars they would have. And if your numbers can run the tape, I have Danny Jansen going to the All-Star game since day one. Oh, I believe, I know. But we were saying, we were counting them. And now it looks like, uh, of the pitchers, it's going to be Jordan Romano. Right. If it's anybody. Well, I mean, or, I mean, Gos- Gosman and I keep forgetting about Gosman somehow. It's so weird. I don't know why. Um, but it's just, it's not, you know, who, who we sort of expected. You go, you go through the list and, you know, obviously, I, 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 MLB does fan vote, do they not? They do. So you go through votes. So you assume that Vlad will get votes. I think Vlad goes to the All-Star game for the next little bit unless he is hurt for the entire first half of the season. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, you, Espinal is currently the fifth best hitting second baseman in the American League, going by batting average. Uh, and by OPS, he's sixth. Like, he's a top five guy, which is crazy. And Danny Jansen, you're yes, obviously there's some sort of not qualifying issues, but the fact that bad. he is... He was hurt for a month. Probably takes him out of the starting conversation, but there's not that many good catchers is the thing. And yeah. I think Bo's probably got to get pretty hot to make the All-Star think, team. I don't think Bo's going to the All-Star game this year. No, neither do I. I think the only other guy offensively who maybe has a shot is Springer, but even then I doubt it. Right. But yeah, I think you're looking at Danny Jansen and Vlad. Jansen, Vlad, Romano. I think, Osman, Esp- I think Espinel should make it, but I don't think he will. Alec uh, Manoa, by the way. Sitting on a sub two ERA. Just want to get that on. I said out loud. One point seven seven. Crazy talk. It's it's all crazy. The fact that two of the five. If there's if there's five. Say if there's six legitimate, all star, potential all stars. On the Toronto Blue Jays, three of them, unquestionably, are Danny Jansen, Santiago Espinal, and Jordan Romano, which is pretty outstanding. Also. Adam Simber is tied for first in the American League and wins. Love it. Wins are important. I've said it many times. Um, okay, we get into also the... Also has a sub-one whip. Adam Simber. Wait. He, he Put Adam Simber in the All-Star game. Put the whole fucking, you know, Jordan Merriweather in there. Why not? Remember the, remember the three days where he looked like the best pitcher in the world? Yeah, Why that not? was great. Alec Merriweather looked like what we hoped... We pray to God Pearson has a day where he looks as good as Jordan Mayweather <laughs> did for two days. <laughs> Alec Manoa, by the way, is third in ERA and sixth in whip in the American League. Manoa's crazy. Crazy right now. Um, we go to the Twitter mailbag, at less than Jays. You can put it in there. You can put it in there any way you like it, baby. Um, <laughs> Black Home Terry. I just listened to the Sportsfeld uh, Brett Laurie series. Who will be on your team of Brett Laurie All-Stars, players that got your hopes the highest and had underwhelming careers, Terry adds. Essentially, that was a four-part Jays of Our Lives. Yes, it was. Um, the Brett Laurie All-Stars, guys that got your hopes up high and then had underwhelming careers, uh, which is basically, listen, if that's the tagline, if you're interested in this answer, uh, Jays of Our Lives on our Patreon is just for you. Uh, we just did Colby Rasmus, and I would have him on here for sure. Um, I think your Brett Laurie All-Stars, obviously Brett Laurie starts. Um who else we got on here, Jake? Uh, I'm going to spoil an upcoming Jays of Our Lives. Uh, because I did not realize that in terms of unsung potential, uh, 
I, I guys who never lived up to it. Because uh, I didn't realize he had this potential or this uh, start to his career. Uh, I won't go into the details of it because I'll save it for the Patreon episode. Suffice to say, Russ Adams belongs on the list. Right. So I think I think you go. I would feel there's probably Snyder, Rasmus, um, and then I don't even know who your other outfielder is. They had a lot of guys like that. I would put Snyder and Rasmus in there for ba- sure. Basically everyone from like 2006 to 2011. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you're in field Lori, Russ Adams for sure. Uh, Devin Travis, I would have at second base. There was nobody I was repeatedly ready for a great career for than Devin Travis. I think uh, you could look at guys like Anthony Alford. I oh, thought Anthony Alford, really that's good. A beautiful. There's your outfield, yeah. It's, outfield is definitely Alfred Rasmus, Snyder, uh, Laurie, Russ Adams, Devin Travis. Um, boy, I hope it's not Rowdy Tellez. It seems like Tellez is raking for the yeah. for the Brewers, which I'd love to see. Um, uh, oh, who was the pasty white first baseman that was in the deal? Why didn't he just tag him, guy? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Billy McKinney? No, David Cooper. <laughs> um, and then boy you could name there's about a thousand catchers you could put on this list yeah um, also uh, who just popped into my brain when you said Rowdy tell us oh I don't know if he counts but Eric Thames I had really high hopes for I him. had him on my thing too but he had, he ended up having a pretty good couple pretty good years uh, Travis Darnold I guess was solid See, the Trade thing him, is but yeah, he never played he, for us, but... He's still playing, and like, he's yeah. had some really good years, right? I, there, there's so many guys that you could do even less for, but yeah. Uh, I, think listen, I, th- I think you're hard-pressed to not mention Aaron Sanchez. For sure. Dustin McGowan. Yeah, oh boy, pitchers you could go all day. Um, Romero is the guy that that never quite got what you wanted him to be, except did throw, throw flashes of it. Uh, yeah, McGowan, oh boy. Jesse Litch, remember Jesse Litch? Yeah. Uh, he's a guy who had some fans. Deck? Deck McGuire. <laughs> Lots of remember some guys. Like again, this is your jam. This is your sort of shit. Um, not just us, not just us saying the names, but us actually going into who these players were and what their careers were like, uh, giving the numbers, giving the transactions, giving the money they made. That's on this less than Jay's Patreon. That is Patreon.com/slash less than Jay's stuff. Just like this, uh, tons of fun to do. We love doing them. Just did roll, this with Colby Rasmus. Uh, we had done Aaron Hill. Up coming up, Casey Jansen, uh, Marco Scudero. Alex Gonzalez was done. Uh, who else did you have on there? Russ Adams. Oh boy, lots of lots of great names. Uh, James Nielsen. If the Blue Jays had a supporters section at the Dome, would you want to be part of it? Think would they, where would they be located in the stadium, and do you think it would be a game changer for the fan experience and home field advantage? Where would you put the Blue Jays supporters section, Jake? And would you want to be a part of it? <laughs> I'm just thinking about supporters sections for baseball and I think it's very funny. Like I'm imagining like a TFC style supporters section but like right behind home plate. So I think is the that, place to Is put that this... more distracting for the opposing team or for I think it's obviously in the outfield bleachers. Yeah. Yeah, I think you want it uh I think you want it in the outfield bleachers for sure. I think you know what you want to do? You want to convert the flight deck. I was that was my first thought too was like was like dead center field or uh or you know put the put both bullpens on one side and put them right up against the fence on the on the on the other. Yeah, or you could take the sort of the out the 200 outfields that are sort of on either side of the flight deck. 
that don't really sell. I, I know it's the old, I love those sections, but they don't that really sell. That might be for 200 outfield. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a good spot for him, though. Uh, not bad. I think it's. I think that or uh, tucked right in the corner there, your third base corner where you're uh, sort of. Uh, yeah. Not a bad little place. Right. Basically, on the I guess the right field corner, then the opposite side of where the um, Blue Jays broadcast is. Yes. Uh, another espresso question. You did ask for them, and you're getting. Them. I did. It's true. Andrew Robertson. Now that Jake has the espresso maker, what is the next dream kitchen appliance for you to acquire? Oh, uh, we were actually on with this the other day. Uh, I really want a flat top grill. Flat top grill, Jake. Great answer. Wow. I want to griddle some stuff. Yeah, make a smash burger maybe. If you yeah, feel like exactly. It. Some smash burgers. Get to, just do like the diner style and just crack some fucking eggs on there. So you say make a big fucking breakfast. Oh, yeah, yeah. See what happens. Just throw some eggs on there and just flip them and you're done. Flat iron grill, Jake. I think I'm gonna have to get a flat iron grill. Yeah, I think I think that's next. We need it. We need to get a uh, a kitchen. Our our kitchen in our new place is quite big, but it's one of those sort of awkward layouts where like it's just kind of a big room without yeah, a ton baby. of cut. So we need the uh, we need to get like a a kitchen island. And I think once I get that, then the uh, the the flat top is after that. So it's, you need somewhere to put it. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that a lot. That flat top. That sounds like a great idea. I, I want one immediately. I always, I always loved when I was at, visited someone or was at a place, a cottage, for example, that where the person had like a griddle. And I yeah. never had a griddle in my own. I, I lived with people who had griddles or, uh, you know, hung out at places with people who had griddles, but never had my own griddle. I, I I'm Jonesing. You got me Jonesing. Everyone needs a griddle. Sounds like it. Sounds like maybe, I fucking maybe, need a flat top. Maybe, maybe one made of gold, even. Gold is a grill, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> uh, that is it. That's it for the mailbag, Jake. You believe it? I, I don't. You don't believe that? Well, wow. believe it, buddy. I'm That's impressed. That's it for the mailbag. Uh, we'll be back. We're going to close this motherfucker out. We're going to figure out how on this side. Jake, some suggestions have come in on... We asked people how we should end the show. Remember that? I do. The answers have come in. The polling data is in. Um, I'll throw some ideas at you, and you can tell me what you think so far, okay? Okay. Terry Phillips emails us at lessthanjays at gmail.com and says, some possible titles to different show segments for this week. Segment one, Vlad or not Vlad. Review the past week, whether Vlad was the main reason for the Jay's success or failure. I like that, Vlad (laughs) not Vlad. That's pretty good. I think it it was not Vlad this week. I feel pretty dumb we didn't think of that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, segment two, which I think we do every week. It's dad, not dad, where I talk about being a dad yeah. and you talk about not being a dad. Yeah, I think that's just the middle of the show. Uh, that is segment two. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He's saying segment one could be Vlad, not Vlad. Segment two could be dad, not dad. Segment three can be bad, not bad, where we, re- where we review things. Oh, I think we're, get- we're, getting- we're getting real deep into the, uh, into the rabbit hole here. Reviews of entertainment, TV, movies, and music, food, and beer. I mean, that is, this, this is how this show is laid out. Uh, other possibilities, starting to starting to run out of the joke here, but but still getting some buckets up. Plaid not plaid, is it a good time to year, of the year to wear plaid? Is it Scott takes? 
Yeah. Uh, fad, not fad. Whether a hot or cold streak it determine whether it'll last or is temporary. Are Jeez. these things people have sent in, or is this just you? Coming this is up with this stuff? is just one guy. This is just Terry wow. going off. Okay. Uh, rad, not rad. Rock up, wrap up the show talking about something from your childhood. Looking back on it, if it was rad or not rad. Wow. So there's some really good shit in there. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I mean, we're definitely more work in theming the segments than we have. That's Look, awesome. I'm not going to say we're not going to steal some of that, possibly under a different name. Listen, Dad Not Dad is for sure the second segment of the show now. Absolutely. No question. Boy, another one. Jay on Twitter suggests uh, a new spin on Take This to Your Grave. Instead of doling out the takes, we nominate and laugh at the hottest baseball Blue Jays food take on Twitter of the week. What do you think of that? I like that a lot, actually. I have to. Oh, well, I'm I'm two minds of that. Okay. The the default primary brain is like, yeah. Yeah. There's another primary brain that's like, do I need to be a 33 year old guy on a podcast making fun of other people's takes? Um. So yeah, let me tell you where my mind immediately goes to is I don't want to be the one who finds the takes. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I'm not. I'm not looking to spend my time waiting to find the, the the worst take I can find. It's pretty much the last thing I want to do. Yeah, I've actively pared down what I see on Twitter over the last couple months. Anything you liked out of that out of that suggestions in the segments? I like. That. I mean, Vlad not Vlad is great. We also have we have last week last week reverse mailbag Jake. Reverse mailbag's a good one. Uh, we asked people. We got, a, we got a Patreon note. We got uh, Patreon notes. We got all kinds of stuff. We asked people talk about you talk about. Uh, um, you know, getting the feedback. We got all kinds of people thinking about all kinds of stuff here, coming up with great things. Um, what was your, what's, what's your best hot dog? Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a basic asshole when it comes to hot dogs. I won't lie. I have always been since I was a kid. My go-to hot dog is just yellow mustard and hot sauce. Oh, baby. Nothing else. Preferably so, Frank's. There was a, there was a hot dog. My wife's giving me a weird look, which is strange, knowing what her go-to hot dog is. But we won't get into that. Uh, there was a hot dog cart on King Street. Uh, King and John, I want to say. That uh, I used to go to a lot as a kid outside before baseball games. Now it's been taken over by, like, I don't want to say it's like a corporate hot dog cart. Because that's not what it is. But it's not the same. Something like that. It's not just some guy. Right, uh, and I would every day I went to a Jays game. It was, uh, it was a hot dog with yellow mustard and Frank's hot sauce, and it Love was it. plain. And it was delicious. Love it. I'm also a big I'm also a big Chicago dog guy. So I can't wait to be frankly, Jake. I can't wait to be in this situation again because I think my tastes have changed so rapidly in the last. I've I've. I've officially become an old man dad, and the things that I want on my hot dog to me right now are different than I would have wanted at any other point in my life. You know Interesting. I do. I do. I do. In I will that, say I, I'm becoming more amenable to more toppings as I get older. I agree. In that, I think this first answer from Piri Piri Pie, when I look at the answers that were sent in to us, this is the closest one to what I currently at this moment. In the past, different. I've had, I've had, in the past, I'd be sitting here saying I need bacon bits. I need the corn relish. I need – um, you know, spicy this and that. I think Piri Piri Pie off the gate here has as close to what I would answer to this question. Right. Bratwurst with grilled onions, sauerkraut, and mustard. Oh, baby. Ooh. That you sounds know, I've, so... I've never been a big brat guy. I won't lie. 
That sounds so good. Oh my god. I used to be a big uh, Italian sausage from the cart guy until uh, heartburn made that no longer possible. Sauerkraut. My answer has to have sauerkraut on it at this point in my life. At this point in my life, it has to have sauerkraut and mustard on it. Really? I can't eat. Has to. Has to. Is that just you just want a Reuben, but you just want to make it? It's, it's the Reuben influence that like it. it I it's so good. That it's just so good. Um, Steve Bernie, reverse mailbag answer. Uh, my go-to from downtown carts was always the Italian sausage. I considered a big win. If the carts had the grated cheese, dream topping was almost never, but found grilled onions. Yeah, if you get grilled onions, yeah. if you get grilled or crispy onions, uh, they got to get it on. They got to get on there. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Peter Shepard, with everything on the table, I'm going a little mayo and ketchup, and then chili and cheese with diced raw onions. Classic campfire ketchup onions, and then some chips. Yep, big time. When big I was a time kid, move with the chips. When I was a kid, I always really liked the idea of chili dogs because that's what Sonic the Hedgehog's favorite food is, of course. Right. So that was what I wanted to eat. Uh, I had. Like, uh, I'm just not like. I love chili and I love hot dogs. I'm not, I'm not crazy about chili dogs. I won't lie. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, boy, chili and cheese. I mean, that's 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 a that's a great pick. Scott Mallon. Uh, mayo, ketchup, hot sauce, green olives, those shitty crunchy bacon bits that every cart has outside oh, the dome. Shitty crunchy bacon bits are key. Yes. Mayo, ketchup, and hot sauce is a lot of it's a lot of condiment, my friend. Hey, I'm always as someone who was once told by both my wife and former roommates that I put a quote unrealistic amount of sauce on my <laughs> sandwiches and burgers. Uh, I, I hear you. Scott, I will say never had green olives on a hot dog in my life, but I would try it. Green olives it's are like, great. Green olives are a great topping. You mentioned the, uh, all, I'm, all I'm doing is making a Reuben thing. I remember <laughs> at Subway at a certain point, I had realized that I was just like turning my sub into nachos subconsciously. <laughs> I was like, cheese, lettuce, uh, Black olives, <laughs> hot sauce, <laughs> jalapenos. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> the thing about ordering Subway is that at this point in my life, I've just accepted that when it says what toppings do you like, my answer is all. Just yeah. Put put them all on the same. It's true. Is that's, that a nacho? Uh, who's to say? Uh, Andrew Robertson, the dream jog, chorizo, brioche bun, melted Ooh. gouda lying in the bun. Oh, boy, we got a Ooh. Michelin star. Sauerkraut, nice smoky barbecue sauce, touched with crispy onions. Okay, so I'm seeing seeing the, the level of taste people are bringing in here. Um, seeing a lot of crispy onions, a lot of grilled onions. Hey, everybody wants onions. Our listeners are classy, smart people, is what I always brioche, say. Brioche bun, melted gouda. Boy, I will boy. say, as someone who now buys brioche hamburger buns from the grocery store, uh, brioche buns are fantastic. Yeah. Um, Robbie, with basic, they're saying beef, hot dog, ketchup, mustard, relish, white onions. Bang. I'm, I'm, I don't hate it, man. I no, hate it's a it. classic. The thing, the thing I like about hot dogs and you know, actually hamburgers as well, the whole like smash burger revolution, I appreciate because it's just like saying, you know what? The best burger is just some meat and onions and sauce and cheese and you're done. Yep. Agreed. I appreciate it. Um, and Robbie adds, uh, missing the college and Bathurst one big time. His yeah. friends have always choose Bistro 422 for bar nights. I have eaten from that cart after a Bistro 422 night. That's the reverse mailbag. I got to tell you, early returns on, for, on reverse mailbag, very big. Very big. I'm going to say this. There are some great ideas we got as suggestions to how to end the show. 
yeah. that I think can be incorporated into the rest of the show. Yes. But I feel like my vote to ending the show is going reverse mailbag. I loved, again, I agree. I loved the stuff that was in there. Um, reverse mailbag. That was great. That was great. Um, Jake, do you have anything anything bouncing around your head for reverse mailbag? We also, I also have one. I have one as well. Oh, sorry. Pardon me. Ronan on Patreon. Uh, to answer this, Ronan said in two things. So here's a, here's the answer to the to the reverse mailbag. Ideal hot dog is an Italian sausage, ketchup, mustard, barbecue sauce, hot sauce, preferably not cut in the lazy way, where the vendor runs the knife across <laughs> a couple times. Give me the hot dog bites in a bun. Yeah, absolutely. Don't don't get, yeah keep the thing intact. Don't give me the hot dog bites in a bun. Uh, ketchup, mustard, barbecue sauce, hot sauce. Again, that's a that's a that's a saucy dog. But um, listen, what do you you know? It's not dainty. You're supposed to supposed to slop it up. Uh, look, I'm a I'm a I'm a sloss sloss. I was <laughs> trying to say I'm a slurpy sauce boy. Uh, I'm not sure what I actually said is better. Seeing a lot of mayo. <laughs> Seeing a lot of mayo in the cut. My wife seems unimpressed. A lot of mayo. Um, also a fan of mayo. Uh, not me. My wife. Gotcha. I don't like mayo. Mayo's gross. Uh, do you, so do you have something for the reverse mailbag? I do. And I'm going to take a two-second pause here. Mm-hmm. One, two. In case we decide that we don't want to bum out our listeners. I love this. Uh, uh, sort of in the spirit of what you and to a lesser extent I went through in the last few days. I want to hear from people. What was your first, like, real, like, not like, I'm four and I want to be a fire truck. Like, when you were, like, of age to actually have, like, real dreams for your life, what was your, like, first dream job? And then to follow that up, how did it feel when you either achieved that goal or didn't? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Not how to feel, but like, I, like share your. Let's oh you know. Oh my god! I think a big part of what you were saying earlier about how we do this show is the fact that we talk about stuff that most baseball podcasts do not. And a big part of doing that is the sense of community and a sense of knowing that we are all going through the same garbage day after day. And so I'm not saying this in like an exploitive way. And if you don't want to share this, that's totally fine. But like, I think it's useful for people to know that you, we all go through the same stuff. So it doesn't have to be like a long story or a sad story. It can be a happy story. But I think it's useful to hear like, how do you adjust your life expectations? Very good. Uh, and I will say to this, I'll say, I'll add on to that, Jake. If you don't want to share that on a public tweet, send us an email, uh, lessthanjays at gmail.com, and let us know that you want it read out anonymously. So that'd be no problem. I, I don't know if we actually want to do that, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. I like it, Jake. I like the spirit. I like the, I like the swing. I like the shot you're taking here. Uh, that is it. For less than Jay's, what a great week! Uh, I think we figured it out, Jake. I think I think it's reverse mailbag. Boy, what I a follow up to what's your favorite fucking hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> I think we fixed the show. Is what I think we did. I think we fixed the show. I think the show's fixed. Um, thank you so much. If it didn't radiate through the words throughout uh, the course of the show today, thank you so much for listening. Um, I have a great time doing this every week, and it and I the mood that I am in at the end versus the mood that I'm in at the beginning is always. Uh, 
the best part of my week. So um, I appreciate every single one of you out there listening and people who spend feedback. Uh, you are the reason that we do this. If you want to help us do it, patreon.com slash less than Jays. That's where the money goes. Uh, yeah, frankly, you, you, you opened my eyes the other week. We were talking about the Patreon on here and you were like the main reason to subscribe to the patreon is to give to give us money it's not that there's extra stuff in there, <laughs> which there is patreon you, is so you didn't that we, you didn't put that together the patreon is so that we get money for the, for this yeah and then if the fact that like, you can get extra stuff in the nine dollar tier is like awesome for you look as we've established this week we're very smart we're very and, and passionate and good at this that's that's what that's what this episode establishes so i think it's only fair that you give us money and we're keeping it real we're not uh you know we have no we have no producers nobody else it's just jake and i keeping it real buddy the <laughs> the curtain is down we that's got right. we got nowhere to go but up <laughs> that's true lowest standards in the world on the on the call in <laughs> audio uh 833-714-7774 not only can you tell us how you could put your if, if you can stomach saying it out loud put put jake's horrifying reverse mailbag question in, in the uh in the mailbox, 833-714-7774. You say it, we'll play it. Uh, mailbag, a, a reverse mailbag in the title if you want, lessthanjays at gmail.com or at lessthanjays. You can DM us or just add us if you want it on the timeline. If you're, I don't even know. What that, maybe if a positive one, put it on the timeline, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, you're, whatever you're comfortable with. And if that's, I don't want some asshole on a podcast knowing my life, that's also totally fair. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's it for another episode thank you so much everybody uh, for being a part of Lesson Chase. Mm-hmm.